Hello and welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and today I'm gonna to give my first hands review of HomePod 2. Compare those to a bunch of Sonos speakers, we'll get to that. Uh, William has some comments about my desk setup. Also, is the Mac Studio a one and done like the iMac Pro? Will we see an updated version? Apple updated their website and a ton more. This episode is brought to you by Actor Meals. And of course, as I alluded to, joining me this week is my friend across the pond, William Gallagher. How's it going, William? <laughs> Hello. Uh, it's going very well. I'm slightly hoarse from mostly shouting at home kit, but that's possibly another story. Um, oh. Hi. Tell me about desks and your impossibly clean desk. <laughs> I, you called me out on Twitter. I, we're going to get to that right at the top of the show. I do want to give some five-star shout-outs because oh. someone commented on, on me and you specifically oh. in their five-star Apple Podcasts review. This was right. Cabbage 101 from Great Britain. 100 cabbages in. <laughs> this is Cabbage 101. He said, okay. uh, he said, you and I, now I don't know how you're going to feel about this. Yeah. He said, you and I have a great father-son dynamic. Now, I don't know who he considers the father and the son, who he's saying who's old, but I guess it's a compliment. Maybe. Um, dynamic's good. I like dynamic. Dy- we dynamic. have a good dynamic. Um, we have a good dynamic. Uh, uh, he probably thinks dad? I'm an old one. That's fine. No, I thought I'd just try it. Dad? No? Doesn't no, land, no, it's not. does it? <laughs> Mo- moving son? on. Yeah, never again. No, sorry. <laughs> Appreciate the cabbage. Thank you, Cabbage 101. Hero and Heart from Canada and H-Bomb 456 from Brisbane, Australia. All international uh, listeners today in the five star review. Sorry, H bomb four five six. That's right. That that's that's quite a worrying name, really. There's a lot of H bombs before it. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Of now, okay. Okay, I want to say so. I posted a picture of my desk because I got some HomePod twos. I put it up here in the studio. That's what I reviewed. I'm gonna get to that in just a second. But uh, what what is your issue with my desk? What, what's the problem? I uh, have difficulty believing that that is actually at your desk because it is the neatest thing in the world ever. It has never been used. You've got some things on it, so you've arranged them artistically, but there are no tea stains, there's no papers, you haven't left a curry on the side. I might be revealing a lot now about mine, but seriously, <laughs> that is impossible. And I really envy the wooden top thing you had. So there's that as well. Oh, well, thank you. You know, so I built the studio as we built this new house last year. The desk, you know, it's only seven months old. So it's not that, you know, old of a desk. It is a Husky desk from Home Depot, Hmm. which it was actually pretty expensive. It was like 200 something bucks as desks go. You know, if you get a height adjustable desk or like automated, you could spend lots of money on a desk. But this was 200 something. I like the wood because I shoot B-roll top down onto the desk. So it has to look pretty nice on camera. Hmm. And I do have a strict, I don't eat in my office. Some sometimes I'll have like a granola bar or something, but I don't typically eat in here for that very reason. I try to limit the food stains and such, but it is a working desk. So I just sent you a picture in Slack because sometimes I do have stuff on it. Right now I have a, a coffee mug here, coffee glass, and uh, my AirPods Pro, I got some water. So, you know, I got stuff on it sometimes. I remember seeing what's this gorgeous thing you can do in Final Cut Pro. If you have a tidy desk once and you shoot a plate of that and then you just <laughs> cut around yourself for it. And I thought that is so good. You mask everything uh, if out. Ever, oh, if ever my desk is tidy enough for me to do that, I will do it. Oh, right. That's just. So there's the picture. Uh, that's just radically exactly the same. Isn't it? I mean, a, there's some stuff on it. That's all I'm saying. A token AirPods it. case in the middle of the wood. Yes, oh, I got, I got you're case. so untidy. I, I will have know. this picture as the chapter art so everyone can see. 
I have stuff on my desk sometimes. Okay. You know, it happens. Let me send you a picture of my desk in about four or five years when I've finished cleaning it up. Okay, does that seem <laughs> okay. fair? <laughs> okay. I would, I would love to see, uh, I mean, I'll tweet this out and I'll say, show me your desk right now. I'm going to do it and I'll expect your reply on Twitter and Mastodon. Okay, good luck at that. I've got a lot of Ted Lasso to watch first um, before oh, I get around to that. So, uh, <sighs> Moving on, moving on. <laughs> uh, one of the most exciting updates, I think, uh, this year is there's a new firmware update for the MagSafe Duo Charger. I thought we should put it right at the top of the episode. I know you're very mm. excited about that. Well, I'm actually really, really keen to hear what you thought of the, the HomePod, but if you're going to tantalize us and tease us, Dad, no, I can't. Uh, no, okay, I can't right. do it. I can't. Okay. All right, let's go. Oh, yeah, don't do that. Oh, I, 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 my ears didn't even hear it, as you right. said. Now, no, listen, okay, let's get son, to the HomePods. It's time for HomePods. All right, time. it's time for HomePods. Time for HomePods. So here's, here it is. I have a pair of HomePod 2s. I got them in white. I have a pressurized air canister. I'm, I'm, you hear that? I'm doing yeah. that every day, keeping them clean. I'll be doing that for the next however many years they're on here. <laughs> So I did, uh, did a little comparison uh, with other speakers in the house. I have a pair of OG HomePods. I compared them to, I have some Sonos Arc and subwoofer setups, a Beam and Sub Mini setup. And I wanted to figure out like, what is the deal? Like, where did this new pair of HomePods land as far as audio quality and value? What, who should get them? And after listening for a while, I think one, comparing them to the OG HomePods, which you can't get anymore. So I don't know how useful that is in a buying decision. New HomePod 2, there is definitely less bass present when you listen and watch things with these HomePods. Not that there is no bass or little bass, but there is slightly less bass response, less punchiness, as I said uh, in a video that I did, because I do think the old HomePods were very bass heavy. Some people even felt like that was an issue, especially when they were watching things, using them for home theater. Sometimes dialogue was difficult to hear. So the less bass might actually be a positive. Same size woofer as the original HomePod, it still has like a four inch woofer, I believe. So it's not like it has any less uh, physical hardware capabilities than the first. It might just be a different tuning, which Apple did talk about some of their tuning with the HomePod 2 or whatever. But the fact that it has less tweeters, five less tweeters as opposed to seven, which are like the high end in audio, high frequency speakers, that's where that sound comes out of. Even though it has less tweeters, I've found that compared to the original, there's actually a better, clearer, High-end response, high-frequency response. Fewer tweeters this time, but are they the same tweeters? Or are they, they bigger? Or I don't know how you measure tweets, tweeters. Well, <laughs> and they seem to be the same size. They're angled differently. And one thing that you can't tell unless iFixit does a teardown or something is are these different? Like, are these higher-quality tweeters? Are these five mm. better tweeters than the seven in the old one? Unsure. You know, that's what we can't tell. But just listening to them, I do think the higher end is better, clearer. And when you watch things like a movie, dialogue is clearer, more understandable. And so overall, between the hardware, the tuning, whatever adaptive, whatever Apple is doing with this, I do think they sound very, very good, depending on your preference, a better, clearer sound than the original HomePod. So 
that's just comparing it to the OG. Right. Now, you, you have the OG HomePods, right? Don't you have one? Yes. Uh, at the moment, they're kind of lurking in my untidy office because I was having so many home kit problems. Suddenly, one would work as a stereo pair. They would work as a stereo pair, then they wouldn't. And one would start playing yeah, one thing, one would start playing the other. I give that right. I've got to strip everything back, start again, and I haven't got to the point of reinstalling them. But I kind of miss them, actually. So they will return. And now I just will be, I would imagine I'm disappointed that they're not as good as the new ones so again like the, i don't say all that to say the originals don't like the originals sound amazing and if you liked how they sounded especially the low end and the bass then go for it you know the biggest mm. hold up with the originals is just the actual speed of like siri and playback airplay which that is a stark difference side by side oh. the new homepod 2 which has an s7 chip it's faster than the original obviously very fast compared to the original and it's faster than the HomePod Mini, which has an S5 chip. So when it comes to which is the fastest HomePod for Siri requests, for running shortcuts, for like handoff from an iPhone, just tapping it to move whatever you're playing, new HomePod takes the gold medal. Like it is the fastest of any of the HomePods. Like I don't have to wait. Running HomeKit scenes, I never feel like it's delayed or I'm tapping my foot waiting. Like they are very fast at that. So if you are good with how the HomePod Mini is at speed, you will love the new HomePod. Right. Now, right. value. A pair of HomePod 2s is 600 bucks, And I say a pair because the difference between a single HomePod and a pair is very significant. And so, you know, if you want to say, should I buy one big HomePod or a pair of HomePod Minis? That's a really tough question. Depending on your use case, I might say a pair of HomePod Minis because that stereo separation is a improvement over the sound. But if you want that low end response and you only have $300 to spend, maybe a big HomePod, I'm not sure. But I think comparing the value of a pair of new HomePods versus things like the Sonos setups, the Arc, the Beam, even Sonos speakers, I think a pair is the proper comparison when it comes to value. And overall, the caveats are if you are in the Apple ecosystem, and you're an Apple Music user as opposed to like Spotify or something else, I think the HomePod 2s are an incredible value. And if you have an Apple TV and you want to use these for your home theater setup as well, I think the $600 goes a long way. You get, I think, a better sound than a standalone soundbar. Like if you were choosing between a Sonos Beam, I even think a Sonos Arc, which is about eight or $900. If you were just going to get that with not the standalone subwoofer, I think you get a better sound from a pair of HomePod 2s. There's more low end. I think there's more, greater clarity, a greater separation because you got two separate speakers. I think there is great value there for music and movie watching in that home theater setup. If money is no object, yes, you can get better sounding speakers, better sounding pairs of things. But I do think a pair of HomePods really do have a great value. I really enjoy listening to music on them between spatial audio and just how they tune themselves to the room. I think they do a, an amazing job at that. And I, I think if you're just if you in the Apple world, like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are, and you're an Apple Music user, I think these are the things to get. If you are a Spotify user, I think their value drops. And if you don't have an Apple TV, I think the value drops even further, and maybe other options may be better for your ecosystem in your home. But man, if you're in the Apple world, I, these things are great. 
Now you're you're Apple Music guy, right? You don't use Spotify. No, that's true. I tried Spotify right at the beginning of streaming and just didn't take to the free version. And then Apple Music came along, and the next thing you knew, I was deep in the middle of it. So I'm sure Spotify is equally as good. I just yes, I've gone down that route, and it's the handiness of it um, plus the greater selection. I think yeah. I do think that Apple Music, the app, can be cumbersome at times especially like yes. trying to find things you're looking for, especially classical music. Do you find that to be true? Like it's a little clunky? Yeah, funny, Apple Music and Apple Podcasts app, both of them, um, they're the ones I use and I like them and I don't bother. Or what, is there an alternative to Apple Music? I don't try looking for any. But yes, every now and again, it's just like enough now. I don't want to do that. I want to do this. Like The number of times I will swipe and I've got the lyrics page for music coming up and that's not what I, I wanted to get back to the album list or something and swiping in very precise places uh that i miss apparently sometimes i think i might be revealing more of myself than the apple music <laughs> but it's enough that i've been irritated by it yeah so. and, and that's yeah. a lot of people's complaint you know there are third-party apps that you can try which provide a better ui for apple music i mean you have to let it access your entire apple music library and all that I've been curious to try some of them. Someone recommended one on Mastodon, actually. I was trying to look. <laughs> but I don't know. Have you ever tried any of those third-party apps for Apple Music? I think I did very early on. I just, why did I stop? They didn't do everything at the time. And so I'd, until you said it, I'd actually genuinely forgotten that there were alternatives to it. And now I'm slightly tempted. Marvis. Again. Marvis is mm. the app. This was Simon... A sinky at twit.social on Mastodon, he messaged me. And it's M A R V I S, Marvis Music Player. All right. That's the app he suggested. It is Marvis Pro, looks to be $9. So, you know, this is not a free experience, but, you know, you could try it. They have nice widgets. The app, I'm just looking at the screenshots here in the App Store. Cool widgets, smart rules, you know, landscape, all this kind of stuff. So, I'd be curious, listeners, if you try a third party app or if you use one for your Apple Music library, if it, feels better. But that's one of the benefits of HomePod 2. With Siri being as fast as it is and as responsive as it is, I'm not really reaching for the music app a lot. I can ask it for an artist or a playlist or a genre, and the HomePod 2s respond quick enough where I'm not, you know, fumbling or wanting to go to the app. Like, it's just a pretty clean experience. So, so actually... Doesn't that mean you could afford to step down to the lowest tier of Apple Music, the one that doesn't allow you to use the app that requires entirely (laughs) on your voice? Yeah, that is a thing. You can do, what is it, $5 a month, and you just use Siri to control your Apple Music. But I I feel like you can't make playlists, which is something I still do, you know. Oh, no. And making the playlist is what makes Siri and Apple Music, I feel like, even more useful because you can create it elsewhere and then play it. Except I have one particular uh, playlist. If I'm listening to something I like and I ask Siri to add it to this particular playlist of mine, without fail, it says, I can't find that playlist. If I'm playing something from that playlist, it still can't find it. If I ask it to play something from that playlist, it's fine. It finds it straight (laughs) away. It does it. It's insanely irritating. So I created another playlist called Not This Other Thing. Like Try putting it in there and I'll worry about it later. (laughs) I I do find myself... Because when when you're using Siri and you have a smart and you have a lot of if you have a lot of HomeKit devices and HomeKit scenes, plus you have lots of shortcuts that you like to run with Siri, you do run into this issue where you have to name things with more and more outlandish titles so that you don't have to worry about it confusing your command. 
So like, you know, you might <laughs> label a shortcut, hey, dingus, make sure to open the door on the whatever. And the, you know, like it's a very like long mm. title because you don't want it to be confused about what you're titling it. So I do run into that issue sometimes of like, what do I name this shortcut? So I'll A, remember it when I want to invoke it, mm. and B, it's different enough where it won't get confused about a different shortcut. What do, you, do you have any kind of system or methodology for naming your stuff like that? Uh, only as obscure as I possibly can. So I will say, hey, Iris, right. light the fuse, and it will set off this chain of things that have to be done. And that's quite yeah, exciting yeah. there a little bit. For some reason, I remember that in my head, the Mission Impossible theme's running. <laughs> and uh, today is a very revealing episode, isn't it, about this? <laughs> you, you revealed that you're, you're a Mission Impossible fan. You listen to that podcast. That's all. Uh, yes, that's true. And skip bits of it. Yeah, I do like those films very, cool. very much. So anyway, I, I've been happy with it. You know, if you have a pair of OGs and they're doing everything you want and you don't run into series slowness every once in a while, I don't know about, is it worth the upgrade? If you're annoyed by the speed of Siri enough or one of them has died in your stereo pair, like some people have experienced, maybe worth the upgrade. You have to upgrade to two new ones. You can't pair a new one and an old one. So that is a, you know, investment. So I'm, I'm not sure about that you know if you're if your only goal is i want to upgrade my home pods if they're the only home pods in your house i would say yeah go ahead and you know upgrade to a new pair if you have a bunch of home pod minis because in the dark times where there was no big home pod that was the only <laughs> option then i mean do you do you feel any unction to upgrade or do you have any desire uh, as you say this i'm thinking can i offload the old ones somewhere on Maybe. somebody belated christmas present or, or better yet, an eBay sale. I mean, the um, old ones were on eBay for like 200-something dollars for a long time, like especially when there was no HomePod available. Right now, I mean, I see one on eBay, $240 for an original HomePod. But is it in blue? That's the trouble. They don't come in blue, William. This is, this is the HomePod. And I bought all my HomePod minis before they came out in colors, so I've been thwarted there as well. Oh, yeah. that's a shame. That is a shame, because they do have a blue. It's a nice mm -hmm. dark blue, too. Yeah. Yes. No. Maybe when they come out with HomePod Mini 2, you can upgrade to whatever new blue is there. So Okay. If you're Also, if you're looking into just speakers in general and you're trying to plan like a large build-out or several rooms, there is a new rumor. This was from The Verge reporting that the Sonos company, who that's who I compared the new HomePods to, they're coming out with some new smart speakers as well, the Era 100 and Era 300 possibly gearing towards the HomePod mini and the large HomePod specifically. Unsure what smarts will be in that, if that will be an Amazon Assistant, a powered speaker, if it's only a Hey Sonos, because that is an assistant too. If you didn't know, you can say Hey Sonos to some Sonos systems and they have their own assistant. It won't plug into HomeKit, obviously, so you do have to think about like your ecosystem again and how everything works in your home. But also maybe wait a few weeks to a month to see what these new Sonos speakers are, compare them to your current ecosystem and, and make a decision there. But but I enjoy the HomePod 2s. Uh, if you guys have any questions, tweet at me or Mastodon me, and I'd love to uh, to answer you there. There's a bunch of comment questions on YouTube also, and I've been answering people, so they're, they're good speakers. I truly did not know there was a Hey Sonos thing. That's quite irritating, isn't it? Because you uh, with, with Siri, I can say, Hey, Iris, and know that everybody knows what we mean, and we're safe. If you reverse Sonos, it's Sonos, isn't it? That's so irritating. Oh, it's a palindrome. 
I can't do anything clever with That's this. Right. Okay, I mean, relatively clever. Let's not get carried away. But <laughs> it's okay. like uh, hmm. Tenant, or uh, what's uh, the uh, the? Did you ever see that movie? Did you see, that? Did you see Tenant? Oh yeah. Well, I stopped partway and just read the script instead, <laughs> and found that the dialogue was exactly as bad as you thought it was. Yeah, Seder yeah. Square. Yeah. That's what it well, is. Well, because Trenet is, is uh, famous, famous for obscure dialogue that you deliberately, intentionally are not supposed to be able to hear. And you start thinking it must be really good. So then when you read it, you think, this is what I've been listening to. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, it, it, anyway, not. Listen, I love Christopher Nolan movies. <clears throat> Inception is great. I enjoyed Interstellar. Tenet yeah. felt like an intentionally obtuse movie like to try and confuse you i will be honest like every once in a while i'll see that movie poster come up as i'm browsing what to watch in the evening i'll see the tenant poster i say do i want to watch that again to see if i understand it anymore and i think no no i don't i don't want to isn't it a, a man a plan panama oh yeah. long palindrome the, there's, or, there's something um, like yo banana boy and stuff like that so <laughs> yes uh something like do fish see god or something oh, that one does that that's... can't work but there's something <laughs> yeah there's a, um, remember the bob dylan um song i forgot what it's called where the, the video for it is he's standing there with pieces of card with things written on it and weird al yankovic has done the version where every single line displayed is a palindrome oh, that's pretty um good. and it's quite it, you don't notice for a little while well i didn't anyway so terribly clever when you realize it and i can't remember that, any of that them, is pretty so. good yeah Mom, wow, those are palindromes. Oh, oh, dad, oh, dad is a palindrome. <laughs> I didn't realize oh. it was going to keep coming back to bite me. All right, moving on from HomePods, let me know if you have any questions, <laughs> listeners. Apple Pay Later, the feature that was announced last fall, or maybe this this was even WWDC time, where you can pay for something and do four equal payments right from the Apple Pay, no other like third-party financial vendor, at least that the customer would see. German's been tweeting about it. Supposedly that Apple store retail staff is testing this in the store. Maybe some users or maybe it's just the staff themselves are able to try that with some of their purchases. So it looks like Apple Pay Later should be coming soon. Maybe this is a 16.4 feature Hmm. or supposedly it could come out at any time, you know, if they could just turn it on and start offering it. This will be kind of like you've seen Affirm, like when you're going to buy something online and you'll see pay the whole price now or just pay four payments and it's like a no interest thing. That's Apple Pay later, but directly from Apple. So I'd be curious if people use it. I mean, I do do the iPhone upgrade program, which is basically like a payment plan through Apple to upgrade the phone. But Apple Pay later is four payments and then you own the thing. So I don't know. Do you think you'd ever use this? Well, possibly, but I'm worried about Apple retail staff testing it out. It's like Apple encouraging its own staff to get into debt and to run up things they can't afford to buy. Is this Apple uh, getting revenge for all the union success that's going on? Oh, my goodness. Oh, goodness. I mean, it will be interesting once people start missing payments because one of the questions was Apple Pay Later. Like, how is this going to affect credit or someone's ability to use Apple Pay Later? for other purchases if they miss payments. And I think it will be like a direct correlation where if you do this once and you miss a payment or you're late, maybe it will affect your ability on the amount or frequency you can use it in the future. But that whole process remains to be seen. I'm sure there'll be support articles on apple.com that talk about it. So Apple Pay Later, possibly coming soon. Can I tell you, I have found my new favorite lunch spot. It's actually in my own kitchen. And that's because Factor gives you ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door. 
I have to say, I've been trying Factor for several weeks. Yes, they send me a box of stuff, but I also spend my own money to buy my own box because their food is that delicious and that easy to prepare. Seven minutes right in the toaster oven, I put in their meals and it tastes amazing. I'm also trying to eat keto this year and Factor has entire meals geared just for those doing keto, as well as vegan and vegetarian and all kinds of stuff. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor. It's America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. You can save time, eat well, and live your best year yet. So if you're too busy to cook with Factor, you can skip the trip to the grocery store, skip the chopping and preparing. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. Again, I do seven minutes in the toaster oven. I think they taste great that way. But no matter your lifestyle, flavor-packed meals to help you live in the fullest. Like I said, they have keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, protein-plus options, all on the menu each week prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus sweets, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. I actually tried their smoothies as well. I got a banana strawberry and other flavors. They are amazing, actually. One of my favorites is the quiche Lorraine for breakfast. It's like an egg quiche. It's delicious. And also, they have a shredded chicken bacon ranch meal. It is actually one of my favorites. I just had it yesterday, actually, as I record. Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. So you know that your Factor meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. So get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door ready in just two minutes in the microwave, no prep, no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash appleinsider50. Then you can use our promo code appleinsider5050, all one word, to get 50% off your first box. That's code appleinsider50, all one word, at factormeals.com slash appleinsider50 to get 50% off your first box. You got to try it. That link and promo code is also in the show notes. You can just click it there. Our thanks to Factor Meals for sponsoring this episode. Also, German, he was he's been tweeting a bunch of stuff. And in his newsletter that comes out every Sunday from Bloomberg, he's been talking about stuff. So a couple of things. This is German Corner, if you want to label this something. He was saying that the Mac Studio, if the Mac Pro with Apple Silicon comes out in the near future, which everyone believes it will, that Apple won't really have a reason to update the Mac Studio since it is such a similar product or in the same realm as the Mac Pro, and they might hold off from upgrading the Mac Studio until the M3 or M4 generation to focus on the Mac Pro, or it could even possibly be a one and done, like the iMac Pro. If you remember, the iMac Pro kind of stood in the gap between the Mac Pro trash can and the Mac Pro that we have now, the 2019 model, and maybe the Mac Studio is just a one and done. I'd be curious your thoughts, William. Myself, I do not think the Mac Studio is a one and done. I think Apple announced this as like a new product category as opposed to the iMac, which kind of felt like a tangential like side evolution of the iMac. You know, it literally has the same iMac Mm. in the title as like the 27 inch iMac. So I don't think it's a one and done. It does feel like the Mac Studio could stay as it is for a little while. Mac Pro launches maybe at WWDC. We get the M2 Extreme or quadruple ultra, whatever it is. And the Mac studio just kind of quietly sits there for a year or two until the M3 or M4. And I'll be honest, I'm okay with that, William, because that means (laughs) I can ride my Mac studio here for several years and have no FOMO. I'll have no FOMO that a new Mac studio is out there with an upgraded chip 
I can just happily use this and uh, have no uh, mental strain that I'm somehow missing out on something great. So I'm totally fine with this. You won't feel that thinking you should buy a Mac Pro instead. No, because listen, I just I even have the M1 Max Mac Studio. Like I didn't even get the M1 Ultra because I listen, I, I know enough. I have enough self introspection to say I am not doing the kind of work that justifies an M1 Ultra. I am not doing 8K video footage. I'm not doing 18 streams of 4K footage. I'm doing like three to four multicam clips of 4K footage max. Like that is the maximum that I am doing. And one of those is probably a screen grab of my Mac. Like these are not ridiculously processor intensive features. Like, and I never ever get a beach ball in Final Cut. I never have to wait for Final Cut to do anything, even in four or five track multicam clips in a Final Cut project. I am not hitting the cap of my M1 Max Mac Studio. And so I, I feel like I I think I'm good. I think I'm good. But what do you think, William? Do you think the Mac Studio is going to sit there for a while unupdated or is it a one and done? I think it depends how well it's sold. Yeah. I think it seems like such a good device for musicians and studios. I mean, hence the name, I suppose. Um, if it's sold well, I think Apple will pay attention to it. But remember, we always think the Mac Mini, um, right now the Mac Mini seems to be getting a lot of attention, but there are years and years go by when nothing happens with it, (laughs) and it never quite goes away. So I think even if it's several years, we'll get another Mac Studio. I just, I remember how much everybody wanted an iMac Pro, and then suddenly, (laughs) nah, nobody wanted an iMac Pro anymore. That was sad. Apple came out and said it is being discontinued, and this was not like the HomePod deal, where they told TechCrunch, like, this model is discontinued or whatever caveat word they use so they could like, you know, kind of squirm out and say, just kidding, HomePod's back. (laughs) Uh, Like I felt like their iMac Pro announcement was, this is the only model we are making and it is not going to be for sale again. Like I felt it was a more definitive discontinuation. And we haven't even seen a larger iMac update since what, five, six years? You know, we have the M1 iMac still not even updated to the M2, and we never got a larger screen one. There were lots of rumors that there would be like a 30-inch iMac mm-hmm. or some updated M2 iMac with a 27-inch display instead of 24, but we don't even have that. I don't think, I don't know. Did Apple forget about the iMac, William? <laughs> Did they know they make that still? I think we're going to see a larger iMac, and they're going to call it the iMac Pro. No, William, yes, no. Just to annoy everybody. They're not yes. doing that. There you go. And they'll release it in blue. It'll come with a car. Oh, it'll be all goodness. these things. Oh, it'll yeah, be and the headset. It'll, be, it'll run a headset. Clearly. Clearly, yes. I'm, I'm curious now. I'm going to the iMac page on Apple's uh, redesigned website, which we're going to talk about in a second. You can still pick it up today. There's still plenty of stock. So it's not like a situation where the stock is dwindling for some reason. The M1 iMac is still plenty for sale and <laughs> get purchasable by anybody today. So I don't know what they're doing with the iMac, William. Maybe with the Mac Pro? Mm. You think maybe they'll announce M2 iMac, M2 Pro iMac, and then Mac Pro with an M2 Extreme Ultra Pro Max? Yes. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. Yes. You heard it here first and possibly only. <laughs> the only uh, place Yes. Okay. Thank you for that vote of confidence. Nobody will remember if, I, if we get no, it wrong. You've been saying the app car is coming long enough. One day, one day you'll be right. What, exactly. Oh, I am going to lord it up that day. I hope yes. I live to see it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I hope I live to see it. Uh, now, also in the German corner, he's talking about an iPhone model, maybe even this year, that will live above the iPhone Pro lineup. 
And so this could be the iPhone Ultra, the iPhone Pro instead of Pro Max. It's the iPhone Pro Ultra, something like that. Uh, designer Jonas Dehnhert actually had an iPhone Ultra concept where he took like Apple Watch Ultra, like the orange button and like textured buttons and put that on an iPhone. I don't think that's likely. It's cool, cool render. Uh, you know, you can find the link in the image in our article, but I don't think that's going to be the deal. But as far as an iPhone Ultra lineup, I feel like this is not so crazy. I mean, if you think back to these several times when the Pro Max version of the iPhone had a different feature set, sometimes a very different camera than the Pro model, but they were still iPhone Pros. Mm. It's just the larger Pro Max had the different features. I feel like maybe calling it the Ultra would be an easier way to distinguish that slightly different feature set from the iPhone Pro. So you have just iPhone 15, iPhone 15 Pro, and then iPhone 15 Ultra. And the Ultra is a couple other features, maybe slightly better camera, and it's the the top of the line one. And it's got the big screen. Like the Apple Watch Ultra has the biggest Apple Watch screen, and there's not different screen sizes. It's just the one big one. I don't think it's too crazy. And I think Pro Max, you know, it's it's getting wordy. The word Max is being thrown around a lot. You got the M2 Max MacBook Pro, iPhone 14 Pro Max, you know, a lot of Max. I don't know. would suspect that we are not going to see a large screen iPhone 15 or a small screen iPhone 15 because both the small and the largest, although people are liking them a lot, they clearly haven't done well. Right. So I think that will vanish mm. and that will mean, unless Apple does something else, there are only three iPhone models next time. So I, I, I'm sure it isn't as simple as this, but one would imagine that means they have capacity for a fourth. Maybe they'll try going high end, but these are not great economic times to be uh, throwing incredibly expensive phones at us. So, right? Mm. I don't know. I mean, they threw. I can see it going either way. The, the Apple Watch Sorry. Ultra was popular, you know, and that was, you know, a That's more true. expensive yes, bottom point. price. Although, you know, if you've got titanium editions before, it wasn't like a new price tier. You know, it was pretty similar. Which, again, if, if they keep the Pro Max pricing tier, but just call it Ultra, I feel like that's a less weird thing for them to do. You know, where the iPhone 15 Pro, same price as the 14 Pro, the iPhone 15 Ultra just becomes the same price as the iPhone 14 Pro Max. You know what I mean? It's just that slight terminology change to differentiate some features because it was confusing. Like years when there was a different camera in the Pro Max version of a phone than the Pro, you know, someone just walking into a store, I mean, maybe if they're buying a Pro phone, they kind of have the background knowledge. But if you don't, now the Apple retail person's explaining like, well, not only do you get the larger screen, but it's actually a different camera system. Sometimes like it was optical image stabilization or the larger apertures or the uh, the sensor shift stabilization was unique to the Pro Max version at first, and then it came to the regular Pro the next year. So I can see that happening. Mm, I just need, I feel compelled, as that being outside the US, I feel compelled to point out, Apple made quite a big deal for once about how it was keeping the price of the iPhone 14 range the same as the 13, because everybody had thought it would have to go up for all sorts of reasons. They made this unusual step of actually singling out that they had held it at the same price, but it's only true in the States. Everywhere else, like here in the UK, it went up quite considerably. So, um, yeah, I'm sure the next range will be the same. But only where you are. <laughs> now, you are a pro iPhone, not pro Max, correct? Yes. 
So you don't you don't care for the the no. larger screen size, correct? No, I tried it for a year. It was like I mean there were so many advantages, but then I uh, budget reasons I tried the Pro one the next year, and where I'd liked the big screen, I loved the the Pro size. So now I'm sticking with that no matter what happens. But you're about to give me a reason to change to a larger screen, aren't you? I can t- I can kind of see it in your face. No, no, because I I'm with you. Like I tried the Pro Max size. I think it was the 10s that came in two sizes. There was like a 10s Max, or maybe it was the 11 Pro Max. I forget. I uh, know uh, 10s Max. That's what I had. Yes, and then it was the 11 Pro, and then the 12, then the right. 13. And I paused for breath over the 14. But yes, it would have been the 10. <laughs> the 10s uh, Max. Hmm. It was too big, like you said. I actually returned it in the first couple weeks because. Oh. The way I hold my phone, just naturally, I put my pinky at the bottom underneath the phone, kind of like stabilizing it. And the larger phones, I felt like my pinky was getting carpal tunnel or something. Like it just was, it was not, <laughs> right. it did not feel great. And so the the weight and the size, I didn't care for it. Even the, the larger screen, it, I didn't feel like it brought enough value to justify the bigger stuff. So I don't like the big screens. The years where there is a different feature set for the big screen phones, I do feel a little bit of FOMO. It's like, I would like the best camera. I do like buying the pro phones for the additional features. But let me ask you this. Hmm. If there is somehow an iPhone 15, which I I think you would probably upgrade, it'll be a two-year cycle for you. If there is a 15 Pro Mm -hmm. and a 15 Ultra, same screen size, but bigger feature set, more features. Maybe it's I don't know, under the screen face ID, or maybe I don't even know what features like the camera. It's a x-ray camera. I don't know. (laughs) Or like uh, astronomy can take a picture of the moon, whatever the ultra feature is. Would that, would that encourage you to like buy the slightly more expensive phone, even if it's the same screen size, but greater feature set? Do you see it coming in blue? Oh, okay. The ultra also is the only (laughs) iPhone with blue. (laughs) Only only blue. Okay. So we're making up the color. We don't know what the feature there is. We don't know what the price would be. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? I'm in. Okay. I guess it depends, you know, it depends on the price difference, you know, because Apple Watch Series 8 versus Apple Watch Ultra, that's like a $400 price gap. And so typically with the iPhone Pro and Pro Max, you're dealing like a hundred something price gap. So I think it would depend. You know, if it's like a three or 400 price difference Mm. between a Pro and an Ultra, that might be too much. Might be too much even for me. I, I don't know if I would do that. It depends. Depends on the feature set. But you know, when Apple releases it, they will make you. Oh, want they always this. do. They're great at they that. They will persuade you. They are superb at it. Is there a feature that I would really want? Um, I think maybe this is just a lack of imagination on my part, but I can't think of anything. You mentioned under the screen uh, scanning, and that would be very nice. But I'm I'm all right with uh, the notch I've got now and the dynamic island is seems very nice. Yeah. Um, so I'd be okay. You know, I'm with that. It wouldn't be a big seller. For what? Me. Okay. What if the ultra had two day battery life? How would you feel about that? Okay. Hmm? <laughs> well, you're at your desk most of the day. Anyways, like, this sounds like you're trying to sell me on something you've already got. The Steve Barmer ad, remember from so long ago, how much would you pay for Windows? And the answer is nothing. Uh, But it was, is it $500? Is it $200? That's all this stuff. Um, What was it? Not in Delaware or something was the the ad uh, for it. Yeah, I don't even know. Um, We're in the dark here, I think. And it's tempting. You know they'll find something useful 
to do there and it will be tempting but sure. actually a serious thing if it's most likely any change in the iPhone these days seems to be with the cameras um, and that's tempting to me but it's not a, a big compelling thing whereas I think it is for you you're much more of a photographer than I am am I right I do use my iPhone for some b-roll shots via video and that's like for work and just personally I do I mean it is my camera I don't take my mirrorless camera out of the studio you know I don't mm-hmm. bring it and take pictures out my iPhone camera is so good like why and if I want if I want even better quality I'll turn on pro raw and I can edit that in Lightroom, mm. I get a really great picture. Like, it is so good now. I don't feel a desire to take a mirrorless camera out and about. I'm, I'm good with the phone. So when there is a significant camera upgrade, I do consider that as, as part of the deal. But the larger screen is also typically the, the trade-off, and I, that's not a trade-off I usually make. But I, I'm really curious what our, our listeners think because I am struggling to think of what hardware features Aside just from improving what's already there, camera, battery life, mm. whatever, I don't know what hardware features I'm really clamoring for. Of course, I say that, and then as soon as Apple will announce one, I'll, I'll want it immediately. But this is one of those times where I really struggle. Obviously, one day the dynamic island will go away, and it'll just be totally screen on the front. You can change the hardware design, round the corners a little bit more. Instead of the, the squarish, you can do different materials like titanium. But as far as like hardware feature set, we have promotion, we have always on display. I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss. I'm not sure. Is there anything on an Android phone somewhere that's being tried out on Android and might not work, but is a good idea if it was fixed and came to the iPhone? Uh, I really feel like it's more software than hardware. Although I did see MKBHD. He has the S23 Ultra that was just released. And he took a picture of the moon, like handheld mm. with the S23 Ultra. And it was kind of insane, the picture he got. Like he did the 100X zoom and the picture of the moon was like clear, like almost as though he he wow. took it through a telescope. And that was like pretty impressive. So yeah, I feel like if Apple wanted to, they could probably do some kind of night mode, but astronomy mode and like it wouldn't take a whole lot. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Again, most things are features like interactive widgets, show me on the lock screen how many minutes until my battery is full, like an Android phone does, if it's fast charging or not. You know, there's little things like that, but I'm not sure. A flip. Do you want a flip phone? You want a flipped iPhone? Oh, actually, I used to so love flip phones. <laughs> um, that would be tempting to scrunch the call uh, close at the end. I'm never speaking to you ever again, crunch. So much more satisfying <laughs> than I'm never talking to you ever again. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a very tactile, physical. Not that I, I, I have those I was going to say, how many of these are you, much? Um, you just slamming the phone on people? Well, That's the okay. Um. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, well, as a new iPhone 15 is launched later this year, you'll buy it on Apple's website, which has now been redesigned. Not really redesigned, let's be honest. Yes. The navigation bar now has a drop-down menu, and I can't decide if it's... Uh, too much <laughs> like it it like makes me uh like not be able to click what i want to click or if it's just right how do you feel about drop downs william um i mostly like it i think it suits you if you know what it is you're going in to buy because before you would have those little 
tiny hieroglyph-like line drawings of things. So you'd see what was a notebook, what was a tower and things. And now, and if you don't know these things, that would tell you. Whereas now you have to go through the names for it. But um, if you do know what you're after, I think very quick. And they're able to display more things in a neat way. So finding your way around the store, I think, has been improved by it. But I'm not convincing you, am I? No. Well, I mean, it, it to me, it is almost... It's amazing how much is in this nav bar now. And I think it goes to show how much Apple is spread in their both hardware and software ventures. Like you scroll over Mac, you got MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, iMac, Mac Mini, Mac Studio, Mac Pro, Displays. And then in smaller text, you have macOS Ventura, iCloud, Mac for Business. Like you have all of that. Then you go over to iPad, iPad Pro, Air, Mini, Pencil, iPad, keyboards, accessories, like all of that, all iPhone, you got the whole list. Apple Watch, you have Ultra, Series 8, SE, Nike, Hermes, AirPods, you have a bunch there. TV and Home has like Apple TV 4K, HomePod, HomePod Mini. Like, they do a lot, William. This is like a lot of software and services. You go over to Entertainment, mm. you got Apple One, TV Plus, Music Arcade, Fitness Plus, News Plus, Podcast, Books, App Store. Like, they do a lot of stuff. I do think, though, this is the first time I've seen Apple Books mentioned in the navigation anywhere. So they, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't remember seeing it. So they are surfacing more things. And I think they've done it in an, a neat way. So it, it is a lot, but it's it's actually, I think, very clearly done when you get into each yeah, section. I, no, I think, I think so. The TV and home interested me the most because I was like, hmm. Apple TV, HomePod. It would make a lot of sense if they just put Home OS somewhere in there. And Home OS was just the thing that ran all these things. <laughs> and I could see, you know, as I look through this list, you have like HomePod, HomePod Mini. I could totally see like HomePod Pro, HomePod <laughs> Touch, where you actually have a screen so you can control your smart home and other requests. I'm just saying, William, I feel like it makes sense. I feel like they could do it. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, you're not. Uh, you have um, not convinced me, not, and I've not, not convinced you. That's no. fine. <laughs> That's fine. No, but it's always like that with families, father and son, too oh similar. Oh my goodness! I cannot, be, cannot believe you keep keep doing it, keep bringing it up. It's irresistible until we work out who is who, at least. Well, let's just say okay. we're cousins. How about that? We okay. got cousin energy. Well, how about? Enemies, arch enemies, sworn enemies. Oh, Swear to me that you're my enemy, and then you're a sworn oh, enemy. Man. That'd that's, be good. That's harsh. What, what about frenemies? Let's just be frenemies. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll do frenemies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Maybe do, we can ask friend. AI or ChatGPT what we are because <laughs> I'm killing it on the transitions today. <laughs> uh, Apple is holding its AI summit. Now, this is kind of like a conference that they hold on their campus, but it is not open to the public or press. This is just for Apple employees. And so Apple is holding this summit on AI. It's the first in-person summit in years. I guess there's been like virtual stuff or whatever. Topics that they're going to be covering is chat GPT, open AI, things like that. I think it's interesting, Apple doing a whole internal conference on AI. You know, Microsoft just announced a bunch of, Microsoft just announced a bunch of AI things with Bing and others like their Bing search now incorporates AI and chat GPT, open AI style features, notion, the application, there's actually an early alpha test. I got access to it where you can use AI right in your notion documents. And so I think it's curious what Apple is going to do with AI in the near future. You know, I think Google is all about AI when it, when it talks about like transcriptions or trying to navigate phone trees from your Android phone without you having to press anything. Like 
they do impressive stuff. They have the whole Lambda AI. Google talks about it in their keynotes. I don't know if I've ever heard Apple talk about AI. They talk about AR in augmented reality. I don't know. Do you remember Apple ever talking about AI in any of their events? No, but they talk a lot about machine learning, yeah, which true. doesn't feel unrelated. Um, and ML is in everything they're doing there. Right. So Yeah, it would be interesting, you know, Siri, when you search like on your phone, Siri does as much as it can to make you not go to Google. You know, it will really try and surface results that will give you the information you want. Like if you search for an actor's name, for instance, like that Wikipedia page is right up there at the top in the results. If you want to know anything, Siri will try and just like highlight it there. And so you click that and you totally bypass Google, basically. You know, you go right to the Wikipedia page from Siri. Siri actually integrated some kind of AI in its chat. I mean, I, I can't imagine Apple doing something like this because of privacy and security, but imagine a AI-powered Siri search and things. Like, that would be pretty wild, right? I mean, would it be good? Yeah, my mind's just gone to um, ML, AI, AR, VR. There's got to be a word that this all spells out. <laughs> malarkey. Doesn't it, it spells malarkey. But there you go. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking it was like the old nursery rhyme, AI, AI, O. Uh, but, um, wow. Mm, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, that too. I don't know. I have, how much have you played with this AI stuff, William? Let's get into it. Hardly at all, actually. I interviewed a whole series of AI artists um, oh, just before COVID now, and they were so interesting about what they were doing with it. But in a weird way, I was interested in them and the final uh, output. I wasn't that interested in what they were doing in between. It was like uh, the type of pen they were using. That's how they saw it, another mm. tool for it. But uh, it does seem to be getting better than it was even then. Uh, are you deep into it? You know, I played around with ChatGPT a lot when it became publicly available. Now it's either unavailable because it's overloaded or they want you to do like chat GPT plus where you actually pay for access. I'm not about to do that, but I think that more and more applications and services are going to integrate AI like Microsoft is doing like with Bing right now, like notion is doing with AI <laughs> and it will be accessible. I think as a tool for most people to use for free in whatever applications or softwares they're already using, like whether it's internet search and Microsoft products or Notion or whatever. Now, like you can play around and do funny things with it, like write me a limerick in the style of Shakespeare on William's baked beans. Like you can do that kind of thing. And it's, you know, you get something funny, you can get some haikus and sonnets uh, if you want, or song lyrics. But I do think there's actual legitimate use cases as just overcoming writer's block or having help brainstorming ideas, but you don't have a team. Like let's say you're an individual creator or you work from home, you work for a company, but you don't have the common coffee area where you can go bounce ideas off of people. While bouncing ideas off may or may not be valuable, if you just need to get past some writer's block, like you just need to get some ideas out of the ether to help start the wheels turning on what you need to create, I do think that AI is really good at that. I've been playing around with it in different applications. And like, let's say you just needed video ideas for the smart home. Like I want to make a video. I want to cover smart home, maybe home kit. What are some directions I could go? And you can just ask the AI, like, give me some video ideas for the smart home. And it will give you as many ideas as you ask it for 10, 20, 50. And you might not use any of them individually or specifically, 
but they really help start the wheels turning in your mind and you think like, mm. oh, that's a good direction or that's a good starting place. Or maybe you just want that intro paragraph to an essay on whatever, like ask AI to give you that intro paragraph. Maybe you use it, maybe you don't, maybe you change it or scrap it, but it gets you past that, I think, initial wall a lot of times people in creative fields, whether it's writing or video or whatever, that a lot of times we run into. And I think there's value there, uh, whether or not it takes over the world. You don't get engineer's block or doctor's block, do you? How did writers come up with this name to excuse us being late with things? <laughs> you guys, are, pro, you guys are pros. You were yeah. just... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, pros is in like P R O S and P R O S E. You know, you guys do them both. You're professional prosers. Oh, that. Oh, that's. Oh, I'm having that. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll see myself out. I'll be here next week. I'm here all week. I I, I don't see Apple saying like we've integrated AI with Siri. I don't know. Like I don't see that, but. Maybe they just keep calling it machine learning. I think artificial intelligence is a bad name overall. I do think AI has been used so much in like popular culture and in movies over the decades where people immediately think Terminator or Hal. Like there are lots of things that were the negative connotations to the term artificial intelligence. And that's not even what this is. I mean, it's like aggregating all the information on the internet into like a useful way to read and parse quickly. And it's really fast at doing it because there's like hundreds of servers all running to give you that paragraph of text you just asked for. Is that artificial intelligence? Like, is this thing thinking for itself? I don't, I don't think so. It's, it's working on all the training and input that OpenAI or whatever other companies have put into their product, into their artificial intelligence, quote unquote. But I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, there is also, of course, the issue that AI actually stands for Apple there Insider. Too. So, there is you know, too. yeah, what, what uh, can you do? There's got to be copyright somewhere, right? I mean, can, is there like a lawsuit mm. that we can we can have? Surely. Yes. So, you, do you have any? I mean, so if you've not really used it, do you ever like? Have you? You should try it. Let me just encourage you. Yeah. Find some way to try. It. Like next time you have writer's block, you should just do it. Trying to write it. Right. I don't tend to, have, in all seriousness, I don't tend to have writer's block. There's like too much juggling on the, the various projects I'm writing. Um, I, I, there's no point when I'm stopped by a lack of ideas. It's just everything else gets things stopped for it. So if there's a way to use ChatGTB to get other people to do things you're waiting for, then, you know, I okay. could be okay. tempted. Okay, I'm not waiting on you. I suddenly thought there was a pause there, like you, you sounded guilty in your no, pause. No. And as far as I know, I'm not waiting for you on anything. Let's move okay. on. All right, here's my okay. last question for you on today's episode, William. This is out of the blue. This is actually inspired okay. by Fernando Silva. He uh, tweeted this question, tagged me. I tagged you in the question. Uh, we're waiting for your tweet response, but we can get your live answer here. Oh. Okay. This, is, this is, should right. be not about easy. Your top three favorite Apple devices right now, today. In 2023, wow. February, Well, what are your top three favorite Apple devices? As you think about that, I kind of had a clarifying yeah. answer because I didn't know if it was usage-based, like top three based on how much I use it or just kind of my personal affinity for it. I don't know uh, which they were looking for, so I did both. You don't have to do both. You could do whatever you want. Mm. But for me, okay. Uh, no, I was just thinking, it, um, as in right now or in the history of Apple usage. No, 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 right now. Like Right now, okay. In, okay. in February 2023, like a typical week, I would say in usage, yeah. my iPhone 14 Pro, obviously number one, 
Number two, my Mac Studio with Studio Display. I'm working on it all day. And number three, my iPad Pro M2 because I edit all the podcasts on there. I'll do other like writing work when I'm not here in the studio. So those are my top three based on usage. But when it comes... Uh, no, no, hang on. I've got to object there because you have an Apple Watch. Use it all the time, not just for bashing into doors <laughs> and things. So in <laughs> constant use... Apple Watch comes first. I mean, I, I interpret it as like, I mean, if you go with that, like my Mac Studio is, you know, I never shut it off. It's just sitting there on standby. Oh, right. I have a Mac Mini server running Homebridge twenty four seven too. Like, I feel like you could do that with different things, but I'm I'm thinking like active usage. My hands are physically operating a piece of Apple machinery. That that's kind of what I interpret as usage. Okay. But all right. Mm. When it came to my personal favorite devices, I actually really love my Mac studio and studio display because I can just get so much work done. It is so fast. It's I really enjoy using my Mac studio and studio display. It's just really great. Second, my iPad pro. I love it. I love editing podcasts on it. I love the screen. That XDR display is amazing. It's so fast magic keyboard with it. Wonderful. So I'd say iPad pro is two as far as my personal favorite. And now number three, as you alluded to, I really love my Apple Watch Ultra. I do think it's super fast. I run a bunch of smart home and home kit stuff from my Apple Watch. I do tracking, outdoor walk or whatever, you know, seeing notifications. I do really love the uh, the Apple Watch Ultra and the battery is amazing. So those are my top three by usage and personal affinity. What about you, William? Well, actually, I will ditch all of my Apple devices because I didn't. None of them notified me of that tweet. I completely <laughs> missed it. So sorry about that. It Don't was know just what before, it was right before the show. Yeah. And this this is a. Breaking, oh, oh, breaking okay. tweet. All right, right. While I was concentrating oh, and course, working, uh, and you were just playing on Twitter. Okay, fair, I feel better yeah. now, like that. Uh, in terms of usage, then in the week, I'm surprised to say it's probably uh, Office Mac Mini first, MacBook Pro 14 inch second, iPhone third. Yeah, I'm surprised at that. I would have thought usage and the MacBook Pro, which I'm using now, would be top, but. Lately, I've been using the Mac Mini in the office wow. a lot. So yeah, in terms of usage, that's the sequence. In terms of beloved right. um 14-inch MacBook Pro is the best Mac mm. I've ever had. Uh, I ad- uh, adore my iPhone 13 Pro. And uh, I have my Apple Watch Series 7, I, I use it okay. immensely. So Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I, I, do, hmm. I do agree. The 14-inch MacBook Pro is just a wonderful device. Like overall, if I had to just have one Apple device, it would probably be a 14 inch MacBook pro for the portability. I can still do everything work. That would probably be it. Yeah. That's interesting. Interesting way. Mind you, I use my Apple TV 4K a yeah, lot as well. It, this is one of those questions that keeps on giving, isn't it? So you yeah, could, you can you yeah. can really go on. We'll have to yeah. uh, contemplate more. Maybe return to this. Maybe when you get the iPhone mm. 15 Ultra, we'll have to come back to this as well. Or the Apple Car. Those might okay. be your top three. <laughs> those might be. It. That's true. That might yes. be it. Uh, listeners, let us know. I'll put a link to that uh, tweet thread in the show notes. Let us know your favorite Apple devices. Maybe most used. And then also most affinity, greatest affinity for uh, Apple devices. Tweet at William and myself. Those links are in the show notes as well. And if you do one thing, you should support the show. You can do it directly in Apple Podcasts or at patreon.com slash Apple Insider. Get early access in an ad-free version. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.